Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast on this Tuesday, the 25th of January 2022. Trust you had a great weekend, a phenomenal finish to the working week, and hopefully this week has started off really, really well for you and for your team. A quick reminder before we jump into this week's first podcast, uh, if you haven't yet subscribed to the program, please press subscribe on the platform you're listening to, or if you're on the Apple platform, press the little three dots at the top right-hand corner, and then press follow. That will enable me to let you know when new episodes are up and ready to be digested. The other thing I'll ask you to do is if you've got people within your sphere of influence, whether that be peers, whether that be direct reports, or in some cases, if that's a manager, maybe uh, also share this podcast with them if you think this might be of value to them and helping them take their performance and their leadership to the exceptional level. That would be greatly appreciated. And of course, if you haven't yet rated the show and put a comment in the show, that again would be something that would be well worthwhile because uh, it's funnily enough, it makes it easier for other people to find information on the podcast, particularly keywords when you're searching on the various podcast platforms. Got no idea how the algorithms work, but apparently the podcasts who have ratings tend to be more easily and more readily found on the podcast platforms. So uh, if you can do that, that'd be great. And whether it's a five-star rating, which would be awesome, or whether it's a one-star rating, which is also feedback, uh, love it. So whether you like the show, please rate the show. And whether you hate the show, please rate the show. Just rate the show. That would be greatly appreciated. All right. So as we get into today's episode, uh, this title is going to be a little bit of a strange one. And you might be looking at the title thinking, what the hell is that? What does that mean? And the title of this episode is called Many a Mickle Make a Muckle. Now, it's a little bit of a, um, a play on words, but I remember there was a, a sales manager very early on in my sales career. And in fact, he was my first sales manager when I came into an individual contributor sales role, a gentleman by the name of Gordon Smith. Uh, great guy, gave me the opportunity, first of all, as a seconded uh, salesperson and then as a permanent salesperson. So have a lot to be grateful for. For Gordon, great guy. Uh, and he used to have a catchphrase and it went like this, that many a mickle make a muckle. Now, in actually, in actual fact, what he was talking about is it's the small things. It's the small things that you do really well that will ultimately lead to the results that you deliver. And I'm a big proponent of this, and I've got a number of blog posts and a number of episodes of this podcast where I refer to this concept where it's the small things that you do that will determine how you do everything. And often, it's the small things you do when nobody's watching that will determine ultimately what the results you get. And that points also to a thing called character. So in this episode, I want to delve into this. I did a a small blog post on Sunday night on LinkedIn. And I talked about how the small things, how you do the small things is how you do everything. Now, uh, I've, I've watched a lot of sport, for example, over the summer holidays and uh, in between working and doing other things, but had the privilege of watching a lot of sport uh, and starting to watch a lot of AFL footy as well because the AFLW, AFL women's program is now up and running. And what's really interesting is that across all of those sports, all of the coaches and all of the captains and all of the players that are interviewed are talking a lot more about the process and the small things they do on a daily basis that ultimately leads 
to great results. Yes, they still focus on the big result. Yes, they still have an aspiration to win a game or win a championship, win a tournament. But I know that just by looking at and wishing to win a tournament will not guarantee them or really give them much chance of winning that tournament because there's a lot of work that goes in and there's a lot of things that have to be done on a daily, weekly, and in some cases, hourly basis. And when you're thinking about sports like cricket, football, and in some degree, tennis, it's point by point, ball by ball, play by play. So a lot of coaches in particular now more than ever are talking about doing the small things really well, setting a standard of excellence and putting some uh, putting some metrics around those, but also putting some disciplines around those, but identifying what are the small things that need to be done in order for us to guarantee or at least give ourselves an opportunity to move forward or to, in this case, win a game or win a tournament. Now, years and years ago, when I was uh, when I was playing sport, this is last century, uh, the coaches that I uh, worked under, uh, whether it be football or cricket, they were all pretty much fire and brimstone type of coaches. They weren't necessarily... Uh, deep thinkers, they weren't deep strategists, uh, and they weren't very good tacticians for the most part. Yes, there was a little bit of that, but most of the part, it was uh, it was fire and brimstone. Do what needs to be done to win the game. It was all about winning the game. Do whatever it's necessary and just break through your pain barrier, etc., etc., etc. Today, uh, coaches in particular are more articulate. Uh, they're very, very few and far between in terms of the fire and brimstone type of coaches. That doesn't mean that when the players are not doing that well. When they're doing the wrong thing or not playing according to the game plan, it doesn't mean the coach doesn't give them a serve because they do, and I've seen it, and I've heard them. Uh, But for all intents and purposes, most of the conversations they have are based on education and fine-tuning some of the habits, which is they're now spending a lot more time focusing on the small things and focusing on the process because these guys understand probably more than any other time in history that it's all about progress and how we do progress, how we do the things on a daily basis will ultimately lead to great results if we can put some great habits in place. So what does this mean for us as leaders? Well, we we need to understand first and foremost that our team are always watching, right? We are being watched like a hawk. So if you're brand new to leadership, understand that, hey, welcome to the bottom rung. Second of all, understand that you're being watched like a proverbial hawk, which means uh, you're maybe going to be criticized, maybe you're going to be judged, but that's all part and parcel of being a leader. So just understand that people are going to be listening for what you're saying, looking at what you're doing, but also looking at what you're not doing and listening for what you are not saying. So we have to be very, very clear on what we stand for and what are the things we need to put in place in terms of behaviors and actions. Uh, particularly what we do, but also what sort of standard we set for our team as well. So what our team expects us to do is set the example, right? So I've talked a lot about the fact that as leaders, we've got to set the example. We've got to be the right person for the team. We've got to be the model of excellence that will lead to exceptional and sustainable results. So there's no point us sitting on a pedestal and barking instructions at a team, telling them what to do, and then five minutes later, start to demonstrate some behaviors which are completely in contradiction to what the instructions were we've just given our team. So great leaders understand first and foremost that we have to be the model of excellence, which means we need to be prepared to do the things that we're expecting our team to do, and sometimes we have to show the way. So a great leader is the one who knows the way, the one who goes the way, and the one who shows the way. So being prepared to do that and be the model of excellence to your team is a great start. But also start thinking about, we don't have to boil the ocean. Start thinking about what are the small things we can do What are the simple things we can put in place that we can build some discipline around? And if we get really, really good at it and build a habit and a consistent habit, 
and a higher level of conscious competence, which is what we talked about last week, then all of a sudden the results will start to flow through. Now, they may not necessarily be the results, the ultimate results that you're looking for, but it's all about making progress, not getting it perfect. So the more you uh, develop a habit, the more you implement that behavior around that habit, the more results you're going to get. And if you start getting some consistent results, then you can start to tinker the effort to increase the results that you're going to be getting. And over time, this is where you start to get some great results that ultimately become sustainable. Because if you listen to all these AFL coaches, elite sporting coaches, cricket, tennis, golf, the whole, every, every, pretty much every sporting discipline, they're always now talking about the process. Follow the game plan. Do what we know works. Because if we do that over and over again, the results will literally take care of itself. Now, no different to sales. So when it comes to sales, we've got to make sure that we put the disciplines in place and identify the habits identify the actions that we know will move the dial forward. And if we consistently do those over a period of time, then we will deliver the results. It is almost guaranteed. So what are these things? What are the small things we should be focusing on and doing? Now, I'm not going to get necessarily specific in terms of you have to make X number of phone calls or you have to do X number of emails or you have to have X number of meetings. It's not that. For, for people who are listening to this, depending on the industry, depending on the disciplines, and also depending on the role, uh, there may be some different things that you need to start to focus on, but what I want to get you to think about is some disciplines and some actions that perhaps many leaders and many aspiring leaders either overlook or don't think that they're important because it's not necessarily in their frame of reference. And many people just want to have what is the tangible action I need to take, which is how many phone calls, how many meetings, how many presentations, etc., etc. But I want you to start thinking about some other small things, and it's, here's some examples for you to think about. Think about number one, how you turn up, because how you turn up every single day matters. When you walk into the office, and now that many people are coming back to the office environment, and even if you're not, how you turn up on Zoom calls, how you turn up on team calls, are you turning up in an optimistic and with a growth mindset? Because remember, your team isn't always will be a reflection of you, and you just have to see this, because people in your own sphere of influence, you know that when they walk into a room, or when they jump onto a phone call, their facial expression says... Hmm, maybe they're not fully present today or maybe there's something that's preventing them from being totally present to this particular phone call or to this particular interaction. So how you turn up each day absolutely matters, which means you need to be really focused and clear on what your intention is for this particular day. And I often challenge leaders, when you when you get up, the first thing you need to think about is, okay, what is my intention for today? What is my key focus for the day? And if that means you get a word or a sentence or some form of affirmation that works for you, then great, because that will get you into a, uh, a frame of mind and it'll actually start to create a mindset that will enable you to be that person when you are starting to interact with the most important people in your business life that day being your team. Because if you walk in uh, totally optimistic and with a growth mindset, despite what maybe some of the challenges are, or perhaps your team has not walked in with a great growth, a growth mindset or not necessarily optimistic, then guess what? You now have an opportunity to influence them because your team is a reflection of you versus walking into the environment thinking, my goodness me, this is the end of the world. All of a sudden, if your team is uh, not of a growth mindset that particular day, you've just potentially created the environment that makes it even worse. So how you turn up each day, it matters. Second thing is how you engage with your team also matters. So encourage them, seek to serve them constantly. Look for opportunities where you can remove obstacles. Look for opportunities where you can challenge them. Look for opportunities where you can step away so they give have the opportunity to step up. 
and step up into areas that are outside their comfort zone, but you know will enable them to grow outside of their comfort zone and grow and get better. So how you engage with your team, and I talked a lot last week about visibility and the importance of being visible to your team. You don't necessarily have to have an agenda, but just be visible to your team and engage with them. Always look at how you can actually encourage them, how you can help them, and how you can remove obstacles. The third thing relates to customers and how you prioritize customer interactions matters. Now, customers are great for business, and uh, we need customers uh, to, to have sustainable business and to be profitable in business. So being able to prioritize your customer interactions absolutely matters. So if you find yourself as a leader, which unfortunately a lot of leaders that I've worked with uh, do this, they're so focused on the internal uh, customer interactions or the internal uh, noise, and I'll say that respectfully because a lot of it's internal rhetoric and internal rubbish, to the point where they're almost neglecting or at least ignoring their external customers, that is not a good thing. So understand that prioritization of customer interactions matters. So if there's a customer meeting, a customer opportunity, make that a priority because this is what's going to move the needle forward. But it's also the example you're going to be setting to your team that customers matter. So when there's a choice between some internal thing and a customer thing, you're going to always prioritize the customer thing because customer interactions always matter. The next one is how you turn up for meetings. How you turn up for meetings matters. And I said earlier that the way you walk into a meeting room, the way you walk into an office actually can make or break a day. And in many cases, how you walk up into a meeting and how you begin a meeting can make or break the meeting. So when it comes to meetings, I know one of my very earliest mentors used to say, well, to be early is to be on time, but to be on time is to be late. So I'm I'm a stickler for time, and even workshops today, when uh, when we're starting at nine o'clock, we are starting at nine o'clock, and I'll often have a pre-conversation with the people who have already arrived and say, right, for any people who are late, what are some of the punishments we're going to put in place? Because we want to develop a discipline that uh, certainly around standards of excellence, that we are going to be early, and we're going to be prepared for meetings because that's the small things. It's how you turn up to a meeting and being early is being prepared and being on time. And that sets a great example, not just for the customer because it says that they are important in your eyes, but it also sets a precedent and an example to your team that being early and being prepared is the standard of excellence that we want to maintain. The next one is when it comes to responding to requests, this matters. Always look at and maintain that standard of excellence that you will meet or exceed expectations every single time. This is a standard. This is a non-negotiable. So standards of excellence says that when there's a request, first of all, if the request is a legitimate request and a request that can be fulfilled, then I will respond to it every single time. If, however, there is a request that perhaps is not clear or perhaps doesn't fit in with the, uh, the direction or the strategy we're moving, then we will reset expectations. However, with the requests that we need to respond to, we will respond to those every single time with standards of excellence and we'll do it ahead of time as well. So we will exceed expectations. Not making excuses and not asking for extensions, we will actually respond ahead of time because that also sets a phenomenal example for the team but also says to the person who's receiving the response that that they matter, that we value them, and that we've put enough time into it to give them an exceptional response. The next one is how you listen. How you listen matters. So be an active listener. And I say all the time, the greatest gift you can give anybody is the gift of your attention, which means when you're with somebody, be fully present with that person. 
There are so many people out there that are craving to be listened to. And if you can demonstrate that you are actively listening to them to the point where they understand that not only are you hearing them, but you're getting them, you're understanding them, then you will actually bridge any gaps that may have existed pre that conversation and you will now start to increase your level of credibility. And guess what? You'll now be trusted a lot higher. Now, it's a really, really simple thing to do. It's also a really simple thing not to do. And this is why in this particular episode, doing the little things will often be how you do everything. So listening is one of those things. And if I was to say there was one skill set that most leaders could really hone in on and improve and have an exponential impact on their influence, it would be this one. Being able to listen more actively and be able to listen more intently with your people. So be an active listener. And the final one before we wrap up is how you plan your day matters. So be in control of your diary because otherwise others will control it. And I remember having a conversation with a client a couple of years ago and he was telling me that he had meeting after meeting after meeting and he had no time between and no time really to do the things that he needed to do. And I said, Adrian, why are you actually accepting all the meetings? And I said, well, people are putting it in my diary. So that's just a habit. I said, right, here's what we're going to do. You're now going to control your diary and you're going to set some standards that if anybody that sends you a calendar request that doesn't have an agenda, doesn't have any context, just gives you a time and a date, you are going to decline it. You're not going to give them any reason. You're just going to decline because what will happen is one of two things. One, they'll get on the phone or they'll respond to your email and ask, hey, Adrian, how come you decline the meeting? And then you can give them some context and you can set the expectations that when it comes to you attending their meetings, these are the criteria that you need. That is an agenda, a topic, a purpose, key calls to action, etc. The other thing that's going to happen is you'll hear nothing. And if you hear nothing, then it probably says you didn't need to be there anyway. And interestingly, what Adrian found over a period of three months, that he released about 60% of the time in his diary for not having to go to meetings because he started to decline them. And those people did not respond to him, didn't ask him as to why he declined the meeting, which all of a sudden freed up a heap of time in his diary. So the key thing there is plan your day, plan your diary, put things in your diary and stick to it because if you don't, somebody else is going to control your diary. So as we as we wrap up, understand this, that everything we do is a strategy, absolutely everything. And whilst the small stuff in and of itself, they may not appear important or they may not necessarily appear relevant on the surface, it's the strategy behind it which will indicate how successful we'll be and ultimately how influential we'll be. So it's all the small things. So I was thinking back to the elite coaches. It's the small things they get the players to do over and over and over again to the point where they do and they execute these flawlessly. And the accumulation of these flawless tasks, these small tasks doing done really well is what delivers the results. So there's exactly the same thing for us. So this is a list that you can uh, use as a prompter for you. There's probably a whole host of other things that you can consider that you could be doing, which are the small things. And once you've identified those, understand that how you do those really, really well and build some disciplines around that is going to be an insight in terms of how you do everything. Now, if we get really good at this, just watch what happens to our results, but also watch what happens to the duplication and the leverage you're going to see within your team when your team members do exactly the same thing. So as the key wrap-up message of this particular podcast, how you do the small things is how you do everything. In other words, Many a mickle makes a muckle. So a shout out to Gordon Smith. Uh, you may not be listening to this podcast, but if you are, shout out to you because I got that from you. Many a mickle make a muckle. And of course, to you, the podcast listener, if you're a sales leader looking to take your leadership to the exceptional level and you know 
there's another level to get to and you're not quite getting the results you're looking for in your team, love the opportunity of working with you. But also, if you're an aspiring sales leader or an aspiring leader looking to break into the leadership ranks, I'd love the opportunity of working with you and helping you do just that. To do that, simply go to my calendar at leadwithdarren.com. Pick a time that suits. We'll jump on the fabulous Zoom, have a conversation, start talking about what are the small things we can be doing to move the dial and get a plan together and then start working on that plan as early as this week. So I very much look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.